Rumor has it that before being executed, Esteban vowed to return and extract his uh, revenge. The signal would manifest itself on these very grounds. Hmm, how interesting. Hello, you are listening to Cheap Scares, the horror movie podcast that will return. I'm Sybil Arnett, and with me is... Hi, I'm David Schneider. And uh, before we begin, I do just want to say... Thank God somebody finally had the courage to actually accomplish what we've all been thinking. Which is, what would happen if you took Carrie and Beetle Bailey and put them together into one movie? <laughs> I, I did see multiple reviews reference Carrie. The, you got me with that last one. I didn't know where you were going to pull that from. I'm I'm right though. You're it's... not wrong. <laughs> Especially with the random acts of violence on a fat guy. Yep. Ah, uh, today we are talking about 1981's Evil Speak, which is written and directed by Eric Weston, who did not do much else in film, starring Clint, I'm Ron's baby brother Howard, also known as one of the big-headed god aliens on Star Trek. And there are there are other people in this who you would know, but I'm not sure they're really worth calling out. Uh, Don Stark, who was one of the fathers on that 70s show. Uh, Charles Tyner... Hamilton Camp, former uh, singer. Just about everybody in this movie is either also in something else that you know well, or never acted after 1985. Yeah. It's It's pretty much just one or the other. It's a strange lineup of everyone. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's all your favorite characters. Uh, like Bubba, Jojo. Ox, Charlie Boy, Kelly, Jake, Tony. I'm just reading down the list. It's none of their names matter. None oh, of them. I'm 100% certain some of those names are not even spoken in the film. You probably have to pull sure. them off of a uniform shot and one scene. Uh, well, the uniform shots are all like last names. Which probably makes it harder to figure out who Jojo is. He's I'm the one assuming... who's standing at a 45-degree angle. <laughs> Thank you. I'm assuming JoJo is, is one of the... I, I'm assuming it's, uh... If you go down the list, it's, like, uh... The main character, the the adults, and the bullies. And then it just, just, like, guy in background of two scenes. Yeah. So, yes, this is a, this is a high school something... It's kind of not a horror movie for a lot of it, but it's not like anything else either. It's it's kind of just a misery simulation. <laughs> yeah, I had forgotten how unpleasant the first third was to watch before it starts heating up. However, it's probably because it has such a strong finale that I still remember this movie and have watched it multiple times. That's true. the The last ten minutes, once uh, w- which uh is pro- probably why everybody thinks Carrie. Uh, mm-hmm. 
mean, it does pop off. It definitely does. But before that, we have to go back to the beginning. Ye old times. We have quotes from Satan talking to a priest on the beach, which, uh... Doesn't really matter. Satan honestly doesn't show up in this film, as far as I can tell. Uh, Satan's he's, Satan's just there. It's a, it's a, it's more Satan as like a f a general force than like a character. Yeah, but he has some disciples, and they have names, <laughs> and they will not shut up. A Satan front is coming through the military academy. <laughs> However. Before there are military academies, there was the Spanish yes. Inquisition. Yes, the the beach, which is definitely in Spain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Wicker Man Beach. Uh, <laughs> monks are unloading a boat, and the man in the fanciest coat is telling a priest named Father Lorenzo Esteban that he is being excommunicated and should not be seen again. Otherwise, he will be welcomed back if he renounces his sinful ways, or he will be killed on sight. Yeah, this this was weird because it kind of just transitions right into the next thing he does, which is a human sacrifice. He just kind of walks away from the excommunication and uh, begins the ritual. My favorite part of this, which I actually didn't realize until later, is that when he moves like two feet down the same beach and it's supposed to... There's supposed to be a time lapse. <laughs> that second one is supposed to be in America near the missions in California. Okay, yeah, that that fits with the plot, but that's not what they filmed. Yes. <laughs> yeah, what we see is Father Esteban walks down two feet with a very bad dissolve cut. He draws a pentagram in the beach very petulantly. Yes, this movie is just lousy with pentagrams. Oh, yeah. You can tell this guy is up to no good because he's wearing a fully black cloak his belt has an upside down cross on it, and his sword—he's carrying a sword with a pentagram. It's a—it's a very subtle. He then gets a woman to lower her top, kneel down before him in front of their sand altar, and he slices her head off. And in what is probably one of the funniest jump cuts I've ever <laughs> seen in film, the head flies into the distance from the strength of this blow. And then comes down as a soccer ball. Hey, it's soccer. Woo. And suddenly Go. we're in the modern day. Ah. <laughs> uh. Oh. It's a cool it's a cool game. It's, everybody's having fun except for one person. I guess, I guess five people technically. Yeah. One kid loses the ball, but not in a terrible way. He basically just like oversteps, which you can yeah, do it's... in soccer. Yeah, it's, like, completely normal. Yeah. And then, immediately, he has let them have the ball and score the second point of the game, and oh no, it looks like they've just lost at the academy. Yep, there's a, there's a hot babe in the, uh, in the stands who's just incredibly disappointed. When I was going through the movie, I thought it was uh, once they introduced the secretary, I thought it was her. But then I went back to check and it is not. I think it's one of the random girls from later. Yep. This movie is not the best for female characters. We'll just go ahead and say that. You know, she gets a line. She's got that going for her. Sure. So 
This child who has just doomed their school to 10,000 years of failure and shame is Stanley Coopersmith, a.k.a. Cooper Dick. Cooper Dick, you've screwed up for the last time. Which is aggressive. Uh, Everybody (laughs) hates him. Everybody hates Cooper Smith. Uh, the <laughs> the cast of this movie is entirely uh, characterized by the amount to which they hate Cooper Smith. There are two people on the entire campus who do not hate him, and we don't meet one for 35 minutes. <laughs> and the other is the only black person on campus, Kowalski. Yes. I kind also, of feel like I know why he gets along with Stanley. Also not really a character. No, he he basically exists to just be an angel. <laughs> he is he is a, the uh, a, a person there to let you know, you know, not everybody hates him, but he doesn't like do anything to stop the bullying. There's a lot of extras in some of the parade shots, but yeah, uh, the only people we will ever see interact with Stanley are instructors who hate him, uh, the students, four of which are the bullies and are basically 90% of the people he will talk to, and Kowalski. So, we are now finding out that Stanley has been assigned to clean out the chapel's cellar as punishment for what we don't know, a task that might take all semester. And at this point, the coach is just saying, you know, look, everyone at the academy gets to play two quarters a game. That's how this goes. Unless something happens to a guy that keeps him off the field. Hint, hint, men who I hate along with him. This is like three minutes since we've started this part. It is, it, it is fast. This is, no, no. Like, like, we just met this kid and people are already conspiring to kill him. Oh no, 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 no. I think my favorite one is that we cut from this, we cut from the <laughs> locker room after yes. the game where I get the coach being upset, you know, if he's not here, whatever, boys. But the colonel walking around with a senator's wife and one of the student's mothers, going, we used to only take the best and prestigious sons of America, but now we have to take in uh, welfare cases like Cooper Smith. This kid is so infamous, they're just discussing him as a problem child to anyone who will listen. Yeah, did I mean, did you see him in that soccer game? He, like, fell a little. Ugh. Disgusting. And only at the very end of the game. I don't know, maybe he he fucked up a lot more that we didn't see, but we didn't see it, so. Yeah. So, Cooper Smith, Stanley, heads over to the chapel, and he starts uh, going, uh, Hey, Reverend, Reverend, you here? No? Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go down to the basement, which is where I need to be. Well, we should we we should note that uh, the uh, Clint Howard's performance is basically what you just heard. He's just kind of like 
trying to hide in the corners and just going like, I, I didn't, I don't know. I didn't. I, okay. 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 I'm sorry. Clint Howard seems to think just making an, oh, gee, Sarge face the whole movie will <laughs> convey sympathy for him. It and does it not. Doesn't. He just <laughs> seems slow. Except we're told that he is a friggin' genius who has created a computer program to translate Latin on an Apple II. Well, I, I, it doesn't even say that he created it. It's just it's just there. Like, I guess it kind of assumed that he did, but the only thing we know that he makes is a model catapult. True. It's It's hard to figure out. We're told, alternatively, he's terrible at his studies, but he's an incredibly bright boy. God, he just can't do anything yeah. right. The The plot barely makes sense. The events barely connect to each other. You're just going to have to roll with it. Yeah, if if you think that we're describing this in a way that it's nonsensical, uh, it's probably a lot of editing thing. I listened to a commentary with the director. There's some fun facts I'll drop in as we go, but um, he did not mention anything about there being two or three drafts or rewrites, so he just... This was a good old cocaine special, I guess. <laughs> Anyhow, this is where we meet Sarge, the oh my um <laughs> the the local mass murderer. Yeah, Sarge definitely is a guy who would have a body count in a movie with a higher budget. Sarge is what happens if Freddy Krueger does not get burned alive and is instead left to continue drinking alone in the catacombs underneath yes. the chapel. He lives in the the basement just full of trash. He does nothing but drink and read his nudie mag and threaten to basically murder our, our main character, Cooper Smith. Yeah, yeah. Sarge gets a scene that is the most immediate huh I made in this film, which says something. Nobody told him that some ugh, some sort of Cooper dick was coming down here. Yep. The Reverend shows up at this point because Sarge is like, I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna kill you for walking into Sarge's house. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, he's down here. He's going to clean up all this mess, Sarge, which... Is something you could probably do. You don't have enough reason to hate this boy yet. And, like, the fir the first thing that we see him clean is, like, a crate full of hay. I think, I think this dungeon here was just, like, every prop that they could find in the studio. Because none of it, it makes any sense. So, I don't know if the catacombs were actually part of this chapel. I kind of suspect they have to be based on a few shots. Yeah, it's 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 uh there's a door in the back that leads to the stairs that are just it's just a dungeon. Yeah. But this was an actual chapel in Los Angeles they found. Uh most of the movie takes place on the campus of what was then the San Roque School, it is now a different Catholic academy. And this was a condemned church in downtown Los Angeles. <laughs> oh, good. The place was about as cursed as you could get. There are some stories the director told that I'm not sure are real, but there's one bit he says, we cleaned it up to make it look feasibly dilapidated, 
at three days after filming wrapped, it was burned down in hopefully unrelated circumstances and never rebuilt. Cool. Well, <laughs> yes. I, I guess good that they got it in there. They, they finished their movie, so whatever. I just love that the band had to say <laughs> presumably <laughs> unrelated circumstances. We don't. Th we don't think we did it. <laughs> we probably didn't leave a wire in a rag. <laughs> so, the Reverend sets up Sarge to hate this kid, walks outside, and the Colonel hands the lady off to him. And she starts <laughs> trying to get into Father Esteban's pants while he's giving a tour. Yes, she wants to see the chapel, and I wrote, sexually. <laughs> yes! But my favorite part of this is that he's wandering around, and the father, at least, seems to know what this school was founded on, even if no one in the military does. Yeah, he's because... describing how uh, Esteban, this, they mm -hmm. keep saying Esteban, um, how how he was, like, excommunicated for human sacrifice and stuff. So, like, he he knows, and he's just telling her, and they still have, like, a full-body portrait of him in the middle of the chapel. Yeah, in the main hall, <laughs> next to the big cross and crucifix. <laughs> Gigantic crucifix. <laughs> Downstairs, Stanley is, you know, he finds a probably not a cask of Amontillado situation with loose bricks, starts pulling him away to dig into this. And Sarge, Sarge does not care. He is drinking and reading porno mags, laughing, going, ha, 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 like I'm going to work. <laughs> Dialogue yeah. at this part is so good that I wrote down entire lines. That's a real line. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he's he's got his penthouse, and so he's good. Um, Yeah, he, uh, Cooper Smith needs to, uh, to borrow Sarge's uh, crowbar in order to do this. And yep. so, it's so that's just a thing later. Check on crowbar. Don't take Sarge's crowbar. We'll just say we'll just say that. Mm hmm. So yeah, um, the the hole in the wall that he uh that he opens up, it's just like behind a curtain. That's just like sitting there on a a, a rack, like a a stand, basically. And that's it. That's it. It's just like sitting vaguely in front of it and nobody ever finds it. Not until the very end of the film. No. It it's very shocking that the guy who lives down here does not notice a new hole in the wall. <laughs> Look, he's his his attention is uh um liquid. I don't know. No, I, I, I was, I was, I was trying. I was trying to say he's just drunk, but it did. It was weird. Anyway, yeah. speaking of weird, <laughs> yeah, Stanley's wandering past sealed specimens, including a fetus in a jar, webs aplenty, seven thousand candles, and ancient tomes and chalices. It certainly seems like Roberta Williams uh, had seen this movie because this scene is like almost exactly the same as the one in Phantasmagoria. Just uh, bre breaking down bricks in the wall, and oh, there's a weird spooky chapel with a giant book in here. <laughs> You're right. I hadn't thought of that, but it does fit. I, I just played that game a few months ago, so 
It's in my brain. Uh, above ground, the Reverend continues this insane story and... <laughs> The signal would manifest itself on these very grounds. <laughs> the priest knows that this academy was a monastery founded by a Satanist. And he's just like, but it's a living because you see, I am a man <laughs> of God and also a man of the army. And she likes it. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, tell me more about the devil inside. <laughs> So yeah, the, all this setup, I I just kind of assumed that she was just going to be one of the people that dies at the end. No, she just leaves. <laughs> she just walks yeah. out of the movie right here. Yep, yeah, she's uh, the mother of Bubba, and she just briefly mentions that you know the senator is very interested in education. It's like okay, well, good on him if he throws them a bone, but. She didn't get thrown the bone she wanted, sadly, so she's out. Meanwhile, underground, Stanley has found a black book with a pentagram on it, has lit 7,000 candles, and is pacing around. <laughs> there's also, uh, if this is the scene I'm thinking of, there's also like a goblet on fire nearby. Yes. And the tiny fetus starts dance wriggling like the baby from Ally McBeal, and then crawls out of the jar. A uh, better puppet than you would expect from this movie's budget. Yeah, that's all right. It's it, it's nice and weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, as the reject from ILM starts dancing, Stanley backs into a wall, afeard, and then Arm bursts out to choke him. So he gets free, runs for the door, and then all of a sudden, Father Esteban is levitating at him with a sword in his hand. Yeah, it's, it's a it's, sick it's, visual. It, he's obviously standing on, like, a dolly or something that they're pushing. Yep. He's just kind of floating towards him. But okay, it was just a dream. Whew. Thank goodness. <laughs> what wasn't a dream was he took, he took the most evil book of all from the... Uh, from the basement, uh, just took it with him. It's got a gigantic jeweled pentagram just right there on the cover, just yeah, for fun. Stanley is walking around campus with Father Esteban's diary out in the open, and this is a big black leather tome with a metal and gem pentagram on the front of it and a weird cat's eye in the center. Also, he's late to class. I, I don't even know... Oh yeah, he's so late to class. Because because the bu the bullies unplugged his clock and tied his uniform into knots. We we can't describe every single indignity they inflict on this kid, but it's like it's constant. What, what did he do? There has to have been some first incident, right? It can't just be we hate the poor kid, right? No, no, this is this is an 80s movie. That's that's all you need. They're they're the bullies. They're bullying. Yeah, Done. he's the slob, they're the snobs. I guess that makes sense. They they have they have darts in class. Because I mean, they're so evil. I'm not surprised by that given the probably a Nazi hosting the class. This man is putting on the thickest German accent, and when we see him moving, 
He is short and walking around in a very cotton hill, I got my legs blown off in Nam way. So, I don't know what this character's backstory is. He may have been supposed to be a real Nazi. They don't... Again, he's only really described in terms of how much he hates Cooper Smith, which is less than the bullies, but still a lot. I think he's actually the nicest instructor to him. Because... but also not really that nice. Oh yeah, that's that's a very relative scale, but he's like, you you are very good at this. You have to apply your you have a brilliant mind, Cooper Smith. If only you would apply yourself. But you need to get this catapult into me. And Stanley's like, Well it's gonna be incredibly accurate. I'm using computers. Yep. And and he he only ever uh he only ever disciplines Cooper Smith, even though, like, everybody else in class is, like, throwing paper airplanes, or uh, one of them just has a magazine with a giant woman's butt on it. Yes! There is just, just right a there, fully visible ass facing the teacher. <laughs> it's not even tucked into a book like we had to when I was young. He has just gotten this thing <laughs> up besides the sunlight window. Ugh. <laughs> this class seat is... The only class scene we see in the whole movie, and I feel like they it's just insane. showed every possible gag in that they could. Ah, <laughs> uh, so Stanley goes from here to computer class, and when he finishes his model of the catapult, which I guess he's turned from this 3D render into an actual model, we will later see it in the cubicle he sleeps in. That's yeah, we're gonna it's, have to. The the dorms are they like they have walls kind of I I don't I don't think they actually had dorms to film in so they just built walls. No, they the dorm situation is there is a footlocker, a end table, and a cot for everyone, and there's this maze of interconnected <laughs> cubicles where they don't even have them off of like halls or anything. Stanley's is past three people. Yeah, it's it's a, a nightmare of a fire hazard. <laughs> it's wild. This is the kind of thing you set up if you have evacuated everyone <laughs> and they're just, like, sitting out a hurricane shelter. Like, things set on fire later in the movie. This seems like a, the perfect place for it. But it just doesn't. So Stanley, Stanley yeah. obviously finished his work early. And he starts just typing all the Latin into the <laughs> Apple II so it can translate for him. Yeah, it, uh, I, I noticed that he does not type in uh, the dates, but it does helpfully translate them for him. He did type in the dates. Well, no, he didn't. Is he? He absolutely did not. It was just Latin, 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 then a big line, and then like February, whatever, fifteen, whatever, whatever. No, the first bit, the Roman numerals, he did type the dates because those stood out okay. to me instantly. Okay, I get, <laughs> I, I guess it, 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 it's, it's not how t- translation software works now, much less on an Apple II 30 full years ago. No, it's <laughs> amazing. But yeah, I was also going, is he just writing everything? Oh, dates. The text is just about Satan. It's just like, I'm Esteban. I love Satan. Yep the end there are a couple of very good lines in here uh i liked i esteban have come to know that the entire world is a domain of evil ruled over by (laughs) an evil spirit 
and since the power that dominates the world is evil, then it follows that Satan must be God. Sure. <laughs> if A, then B. Yep. Uh, this, a lot of these scenes, the Esteban footage, uh, were one of the cuts made to get this released in the UK in the late 80s. This okay. film was one of the banned video nasties, in fact, in the Ooh. original crop. Uh, the 87 cut, which came out most of a decade late, consists of these computer interludes, specifically the instructions for a black mass, and some of the goriest moments of the climax being excised. Okay. D though I assume the one that we saw had uh, had the f the full uh, the full footage. It was it got pretty gory. Yeah. Did you have eighty nine minutes? Uh, yeah. I think it was about an hour thirty. Yeah. Then in that case, you had the full version. Okay. If you saw any of the instructions for the mass, you had it. I did. I yep. did. I learned exactly how to summon Satan. Well, yeah. summon, summon a guy who loves Satan, really. That's true. We don't actually have the Satan ritual. We have the bring back Satan's IT guy ritual. <laughs> uh, da, 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 da. Cooper Smith is hassled again in the halls. It sucks to be Cooper. Kowalski shows up to like try to help. and They just grab him and like start pushing him out the window. Yeah. That seems extreme. And this is when the father walks by. And they are constantly like making up yours gestures and faces behind his back through the whole scene. And you'd think based on how he's reacting here, based on the fact that he's like Cooper Smith, your hat is outside. You must get this. Otherwise you will be in trouble. But at the end, we see him giving a legit sermon of being like, don't cheat others. You're cheating yourself. God can see everything you do. So he's not even a corrupt priest. No, no, he's, he's just he's just unbelievably unobservant. Yes. It's like, what? yeah, like they're they they're going like full on animal house behind him. And he just doesn't even notice. And so Stanley has been sent to the colonel. Every time we say the colonel, just think we mean yes. principal. That's his role. Uh, the general half track. <laughs> no. uh, he's, he's the he is he is principal retired Colonel Kincaid. Who is. Like every now and then he almost seems like he actually wants to do his job. And then it, he starts going off on a speech that basically blaming cooper smith for getting bullied well you see a curse haunts this school and it drives men to conflict so even though the colonel has good intentions uh, the supernatural force means he has to make life hell for this boy sure that's an excuse yep yep the the so, the, the curse is uh very vaguely shown sometimes a little maybe yeah it's usually just people being shitty so Stanley has to leave his books outside, and this is when Esteban's diary falls into the secretary's wastebasket, and because she is a woman and sees jewels, she immediately hides this for herself. Yes. This is mine. Mm-hmm. But the colonel reveals to us 
Stanley's parents died in a car crash, which is why he's suddenly a ward of this military Catholic school? Yeah, I uh, kind of... Like, Child's Play 3 did the same thing, I think. I don't know if that's, like, a real thing. Just like, what are we going to do with this orphan? He's too old. Send him to military school. I don't don't know if that actually happens. I don't know. It's it's not the sort of thing I would know how to research. Uh, I don't really want to research it, honestly. It's depressing. Also true. Speaking of depressing, I'm going to make an excellent soldier out of you. And I'm going to make sure you remember this chat every time you sit down for a week. Now assume the position. And he just starts spanking the hell out of Stanley. Yeah, you know, the the first step to being a good soldier is getting caned, I guess. Cool. For being bullied, basically. And as bonus punishment for this, because Stanley, I don't know if he just is too much of a wiener to speak up about these things, or if he has given up on trying. He never does during the film. Oh yeah, no, at any time somebody like confronts him with a direct question, he's just kind of like, I, I don't know, I don't know where my hat went. <laughs> I don't know where my pants are. Yeah, that was one, that was a weird one. Yeah, yeah. But that was much uh, later. <laughs> It is, but that's that's easily the most jarring one. So he's been assigned a bonus punishment uh, as an addition to the... I think we see no less than five different chores he has assigned during this film. uh, He's he's cleaning the basement. He is doing something in the the local hog pen that they have. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's what he sent now. Yep. uh, We see him emptying trash later. Uh, that's all I can think of off the top of my head. We spend a lot of time down in that basement. Yeah, most of it seems to just be if he's not in class or at some kind of scheduled thing, he needs to be in that basement. Uh, so we see the secretary trying to pry the gems off the cover with a screwdriver we will later find out was stolen from Sarge as well. Oh, cool. And the pigs decide to try and Hannibal yeah. Stanley over this? Yeah, they, they as soon as any, anybody touches those jewels, just the local pigs start going wild. It's, like, clearly a cause and effect, but it, it's the only time... I, I get... This movie doesn't like pigs very much, I think. This movie does seem to think that pigs are satanic creatures, yes. It's, it's kind of like uh, the Wheel of Time and crows, or was it crows or ravens? Ravens. Ravens, yeah. Yeah. It, I don't wolves, know. Wolves, though. Wolves fucking love wolves. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> Best wolves creatures in like, the world. Yeah, wolves are like land birds. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I would cut that, except it's one of the stupidest things I'm going to say this time out, and I can't do that. Okay. So, um... So, yeah, that just happens, and he gets out of the pen, and then he's fine. It's, 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 just, it's basically just setting up a scene for later. But he wanders back to the cubicles they all sleep in. This is the first time we see them, where the other students are sawing his catapult apart. Yeah, that'll teach him. 
they 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 do drop a slur there. Yeah, there's a few of them. It's an 80s movie taking place at a military academy, and you know what you're in for on that front. That's the it, lesser it, of the content yeah. warnings. It's it's not. It it is clearly not intended to be in there as a cool thing for you to do. Yeah. No, this is a film that seems to very firmly say, hey, kids, if you're in a situation like this, Satanism is <laughs> A-OK. <laughs> Get out or kill them all. It really works either way. <laughs> Sometimes murder is justified. Yeah, this, the, the, this movie does not teach life lessons. <laughs> no. But yeah, he's, he, he, he returns just covered in like mud and pig shit and whatever. And he just like, without undressing or anything, just falls right on his bed, which is what I, th I thought was disgusting. Oh, no, 100 percent, especially because um, I have questions about how many uniforms they have or what the maintenance on these sheets is. Or Is that another yeah. one of Stanley's duties? Just Pro laundry probably. Yeah. I would assume so. Just to, to do anything, anything nobody wants to do, it's Stanley's job. But when he wakes up, he goes looking for that book again, and it's gone. And he goes to the roller rink where everyone is and starts everyone. blowing up on people on the track. He's, where's my book, Bubba? Yeah, he, I don't he, know he, about puts, no book. he puts on roller skates to confront them. <laughs> yeah, he does it on the track. He doesn't wait for them to come off of the track. He could just walk on there. It's not like an ice rink. He can go to the side. And then he waddles away in a, like, almost falling manner because we have to laugh at Stanley. Oh, yeah. Look at that piece of shit. Meanwhile, the secretary is meddling with the pig jewels elsewhere. <sighs> this is just a running theme for... Uh, another 45 minutes, she is going to continue to yeah. meddle with the pig jewels. As soon as she gets that book, that's all she does. Yep. She's about to have her only line in the movie when uh, Cooper Smith shows up at the office going, Did I leave a book here yesterday? No, I don't think so. Well, it's a very important book. I think you need to leave, cadet. There's no book here. That's it. That's the only time she speaks. Where do you follow from this? Well, clearly it's Sarge Biming braining this kid because somebody took my crowbar and I'm missing yeah, he, a screwdriver, too. He's, he's like waving a hammer at him in like a public hallway. Yeah. Nobody, it, nobody seems to care about this guy who is clearly like, if, if not yet a murderer, just a like, just gonna be. <laughs> Sarge? Sarge definitely saved someone's life. A phrase, a phrase I heard was it was something like, uh, capable of being a serial killer, even if he hasn't tried it yet. Yeah. It was about something else, but it just stuck with me. Oh, it's, it's memorable. I think that Sarge must have saved Colonel Kincaid's life or something. We'd get no backstory. It's the only reason I could think of that you would keep such a liability of a man around who's clearly not cleaning up. Uh, no. No, he's, he's, he's not a teacher. He's not. He doesn't do anything on the campus except, like, get mad at anybody who takes his tools. We just see him wander around, threaten children, drink and porn. 
what more do you need? <laughs> like we can't we can't get rid of him. It's Sarge. Everybody loves Sarge. Ugh. When Sarge passes Cooper Smith, you're gonna take on his role. You have to be the grizzled wraith we keep underneath the campus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's, he's the the monster at the end of the floor on the in the old schoolhouse. <laughs> Give him wings, and he could be a gargoyle. That man has uh. some wrecked bony proportions. Uh, and he's got like crazy eyes too. He's he's, he's putting everything into this performance. Yeah, Sarge, Sarge would be, in a standard 80s movie that was not evil speak, Sarge might have a heart of gold, or perhaps be the crank everyone is dismissive of who might have some advice to give you when you're down in the dumps. In oh, this no. movie, Sarge is definitely someone who has tasted human flesh. He is, you, you look at him and how he acts and you're like, oh, he's going to die early. <laughs> he's a, he's the so, one that's gonna push Cooper Smith too far, which is kind of true. Yeah, a little bit. But uh, it, it, Cooper Smith, meanwhile, uh, decides to go ask his computer what the keys are to the kingdom of Satan's magic. Yes, yes, <laughs> I wrote that down. I love that line so much because he just types in the sentence, <laughs> "What are the keys to the kingdom of Satan's magic?" It tells him, and then he types it in again, and it says it's in. There's insufficient data. Yep. So his response to this, because he's being kicked out of the computer lab, everyone's time is up, is to steal the computer and drag it to the chapel basement to continue this research. How does nobody notice this? It is the. It is an Apple II and a giant CRT monitor. Like, there's no possible way this guy who like can barely walk on a soccer field would be able to hide this all the way over to the chapel it's one of many things about this setup that he's creating that you're just not supposed to ask questions about and even funnier to me he plugs all of this in off of a single extension cord he plugs into a light bulb down here yeah, all the way out back in the main room, and Sarge just never notices this. <laughs> this is where we find out that Sarge sleeps down here, because he's doing this after dark. Yes. Yeah, no, he's he's got a bed down there. He's just This is just his home. It's so weird. Yeah. Here is a sentence that is always funny typed into an Apple II. Satan, hear my plea, and through the right of the Black Mass, help me stand erect before my enemy and defy his curse. And then he has to ask the question, what do I need for a black mass? What are the ingredients? <laughs> uh, I did not write the ingredients down because most of them are in labeled jars in the room, but there's two, two, two ingredients he needs. And so for the whole rest of the film until things get nuts, it will just constantly flash blood, consecrated host, data incomplete. <laughs> Well, you can you really need one of those. And uh, Clint Howard, showing his acting chops, goes, Defiled holy water? Shoot, gotta have it. <laughs> <laughs> we, Clint Howard seems to be a nice chap, and he's definitely been okay in other movies, especially <laughs> since, you know, 
his brother makes a place for him anytime he can, but... He's not really trying here, and it's fine. Clint Howard is not leading man material, especially 1981 Clint Howard. He does good enough for something like evil speak, I think. Yep. But the Reverend comes down and finds him, and tells him, Alright, you need to go eat. Get out of here, you're not finishing this all tonight. Whatever. And this is where we meet Jake the Chef, the only other good man in the film. Yes, he's he is he's just there. He's not wearing a shirt. Uh, yeah. Stanley is like scraping the empty buffet buckets or whatever you call them, and yeah. he's just like he's just like okay, come on back, I'll make you a steak. Yep, and he makes a comment about you know your your parents must really. Got a thing for you if they just sent you off here, or they must have pissed off the colonel or something. He's like, uh, they kind of did. They died in a car wreck. <laughs> He's like, well, if you told me that before I cooked this, I would have given you more mashed potatoes. Yes, He's, he, 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 see, he sees the, 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 tr the trouble that, uh, this, this young teen is in. He's just screaming internally at all times. Jake is the angel to Sarge's devil on this campus. We also don't get his name for like another half an hour after this. Yeah, we, we <laughs> will not find out until other good character Kowalski. I think it's the last scene that either of them are in. Yes, literally the last time. They kind of disappear after that. <laughs> the fact that they don't appear after that makes me think they survived. I don't know. Yeah, maybe there was, like, a scene that they were supposed to have and just didn't. It's really hard to tell with the script what was deliberate and what just happened. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the final <laughs> 20 minutes are real. I swear there's some footage missing. <laughs> maybe a couple of shots of somebody, like, falling and hurting themselves that kept in. Yes. It's hard to... It's, a, it's chaos, but... But what's what's not chaos is puppies. Yeah, Jake. Jake's like, hey, come here. Let me show you something. And he's just keeping dogs in this yeah. kitchen. There's there there's a dog that just uh just gave birth to a litter of puppies, and one of them is a runt just like you. And, and he's so... and he's not eating. Yeah, and he, he's not eating for whatever reason, and you know. Maybe this, uh, maybe you should just let nature take its course, which is kind of fucked up. But um, Stanley still has a heart, and so he says he's going to take this dog, and he names him Fred. And boy, he should not be taking care of a dog. Yeah, because he puts he, him down in the cellar hangout room and just <laughs> makes him a little bed out of. Yeah. It's just, it just like tucks him under a, a table. And puts a plank in the way, and that's it. That's all we. That's all he does for a while. Mm-hmm. We we never actually see him like feeding this dog or anything, except a bone once. Yeah, which is not food. Yeah, I mean it's got a little food in it, but it's mostly you. You don't give dogs bones because you think they'll get a lot of sustenance out of them. So it's for However, their teeth. 
while he's down here with this dog, he figures, you know. It is an adorable puppy, though. Oh, yeah. Fred is cute, and, um... I feel like if this film had a heart, Fred would be that heart, but (laughs) I don't think it does. Um... Uh, a line from uh, Cooper Smith I wrote down was, maybe you're right. Maybe this pup is better off not making it. It's the ones that can do the most pushing and shoving that get the biggest piece of the pie. Yeah, totally not talking about himself. Yep. It's not not very subtle. No. But since he's, you know, in the basement again, even after hours... He decides, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna just try getting that missing consecrated host. So he walks upstairs and very nervously steals a single communion wafer, crumples it up, throws it in the perpetually burning goblets that are surrounding his PC. <laughs> and so he starts trying the ritual again, and he hears noises immediately after. I put, oh, oh, and so he's just sort of chasing the noise around this basement, and it it's, turns it's, out it's obviously the bullies. <laughs> yep, but it's the four of them in weird little hog masks, and oh, yeah. this startles Stanley so much that he just turns and runs right into a wall, knocking himself out. Yeah, just cracks his head right on there. And, like, one of them just looks at this and goes, uh, have we gone too far? This is, like, one of three moments in the entire movie that one of these bullies just, like, expresses some concern about what they're doing. Yep. And they imme- and that just immediately bounces back. But everyone's like, all right, we should, we should get out of here. We can, <laughs> like, actually sleep. Stanley, however, is now concussed and has just seen a bunch of beasts and is like, I did it. I'm on to something. Far fucking out. And the PC just starts flashing pentagrams and is going, Esteban, yes. at this point. This is, this is where the computer graphics really start going off. And they're amazing. I gotta say, they could have really half-assed them, but somebody, someone on this staff, <laughs> knew how to program Apple Paint and really just had a ball. It's there's, a, there's a lot of really good vectored stuff going on. Especially some of the animations. Uh, the next scene, in fact. Yes, when, uh, when the murder happens. Yep. But the next day, the chef uh, just happens to have a sack of bones handy and goes, you know, you should, you should probably go feed that dog. Here, look, I'll take care of the <laughs> trash for you so you can do that. Oh, really? Thanks. Wow, thanks, mister. (laughs) He doesn't even say that because nobody speaks this chef's name or treats him like a person until the end. Uh, Yeah, I guess that's true. He just kind of, like, just takes the bag and leaves. Yeah. I wonder if there's an alternate version of this script where Stan Lee spoke a lot more and they just determined Clint Howard can't cover that level. Or if whoever wrote this decided the whole time no stanley is a meek little mouse of a man i think that that it seems much more likely mm-hmm. there's just so little that he does as a main character 
Like, I don't like him, but there's also, like, nothing to establish just how much everyone loathes him. <laughs> he just, he doesn't do anything good or bad, really, except yeah, he... to summon Satan that one time. He seems pretty innocuous, which is why it's like, you feel like you either needed someone more loathsome in that role, or you needed an inciting incident. If if they're gonna bully anybody, like, one of them's really fat. One of the bullies. Yeah. Like that, bigger than Stanley. That's, that's not, that's not a yeah. good thing to do, but it's it's something rather than nothing. <laughs> yeah, you feel like it would have been just as much of a reason. And, uh, you know, he, Stanley just takes these bones downstairs, but it wakes up Sarge, who starts trying to follow this noise. No, what, what wakes up Sarge, <laughs> this is important, Okay, is, uh, uh, Cooper Smith, uh, decides to pull down a book from the top shelf of the gigantic bookcase. And so he, cl it's like stone built into the, into the wall. He climbs it. And just sort of like smacks at the books a little bit, and they just all fall on his head, and he also falls. Right, right. It's but so yeah. it's so unnatural. This is what finally breaks the spell of concealment on this room and lures Sarge in. And he seems upset, because it's like, what the hell are you doing down here? This is Sarge's place. And then he sees the crowbar on the floor. <laughs> Yeah, it's just right there for him to spot. And really, it's a it's a, why, it's a very it's very uh, economical script writing. Why didn't you return that, Stanley? You're gonna trip over it. I mean, I I guess you could make the argument that uh, after uh, after he gets mad about the crowbar, it would look weird to return it, and he he would probably take that as proof that you definitely took my crowbar. I'll kill you. Yeah, good point. But the, this is not established in the script. This is just me yeah. interpreting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at this point, Sarge throws out some lines I'm not repeating. Uh, but... Yeah, it's, it's basically... Uh, he's he, he basically says he's gonna rape Cooper Smith. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of trying to strangle the boy, the PC begins flashing... And it starts doing this animation of a twirling pentagram. And uh, props to Sarge's actor. He starts doing a... Uh, 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 as yeah. his... It's, it's a bunch of pentagrams all in a, uh, in a column that looks like for a bunch of pen uh, like pentagrams drawn on an Apple II in a stack. It sure does look like a spinal cord. Yeah. And uh, Sarge is just getting his neck broke by a computer. Yeah, it's just, it's happening on the computer, it's happening to him in real life, and then uh, both of them snap. And his head twists all the way around, and the computer says, Esteban! <laughs> now, it's just gonna, it just keeps flashing that the whole movie, just so yeah. you don't forget. All we see until things really kick off are, it's either gonna say, Esteban or uh, human blood communion you know, <laughs> data incomplete or just v v assorted pentagrams. Yes. You know, it kept showing the name constantly. So I, I and it also showed him like 
get being summoned in that dream sequence earlier. So I thought that was gonna happen, and it doesn't at all. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was gonna like actually summon him. No. Okay. Well, sure. Evil speak. Esteban was played by one of the more notable actors. Uh, he was Mull. Richard Mole. So I get the feeling that's why he was only in a few shots. However, they do a lot of special effects work with him in that finale, so I don't know why we half-assed that. Hmm. Um, he was clearly I, there. IMDB, uh, by the way, is telling me that uh, the his his the highlights of his career are House, not the not that house, the other one. Mm-hmm. Uh, scary movie two, and but I'm a cheerleader, which is quite the collection of films. Really, he was a regular on Night Court for years. Why would that not be? That I don't know. After I, this, that's huh. just what it says on here. Uh, what the fuck, IMDb? Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, no, it's, it's on a. He's on a lot of better things. What the hell? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the 193 yeah, episodes of Night Court. <laughs> what the fuck? All right. It just, it's just a thing that I noticed. Sorry. No, no, that's fine. I'm just like, now I'm just suddenly baffled. It's like, yeah, I see why he wouldn't be here a bunch of the time. He had a career, but what the fuck? Oh, and so, uh, uh, fourth on the list here is Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger. <sighs> Oh, well, it's better than Jingle All the Way 2 with Larry the Cable Guy. Sure. I think I own that. I I should watch But I'm a Cheerleader again. It's been a very long time. It's one that I keep wondering if I should revisit or not, because, uh... It is... There there is some real campy acting that I remember. Oh, yeah. But if I'm gonna go for Camp Gay, why not just watch some John Waters? Why not both? Just get two monitors. (laughs) Honestly, it wouldn't be one of the worst decisions I've made. Good point. See how well the the movies line up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've I've I I have completely derailed our talk of uh, evil speak from 1981. Please proceed. It's okay. It's okay. Sometimes a podcast needs a digression. Sure. So uh, Cooper Smith has a very reasonable response to seeing a man die in the middle of trying to assault him which is he immediately runs out to find all the authority figures he can. And he runs into the colonel and the coach. Yeah, he runs straight over to them. And he's like, and they're just like, fucking Cooper Smith, what are you doing? Go away. Yeah, the response is basically, where's your hat, you fat fuck? Dismissed. (laughs) And he just, he leaves. He's... He starts pacing around. Yeah, he can't, he can't, he can't put, he, he is just crumples immediately in the face of any authority. Yeah. Even, even if he's trying to report a dead body that just died, like, got murdered by Satan right in front of him. So he starts pacing around the cellar room near Sarge's body, and this is when he discovers the <laughs> second curtained off area. Yeah. Apparently curtains are just like unbelievably good at just hiding everything you couldn't possibly even consider that there's something behind there 
Here's the secret. He's colorblind, and he just can't tell them apart from the walls. Sure. I don't know. <laughs> it makes as much but sense as anything else in this movie. Behind the second curtain, there's just a full-on skeleton-filled crypt? <laughs> yeah, it's just a skeleton, skeleton cave. What? What's the problem? And a big cross-shaped coffin marked Esteban. Is it even a coffin, though? It's just, like, stone. Like, there's not, like, a separation where you'd put the body in. So here's it, the thing. I refer to it as a coffin because otherwise it means that Esteban had a big stone cross made with his name, but yeah. didn't print it in a way that it would be inverted. Yeah. Okay, good point. Yeah. Um, but... I, I don't know. I just assumed that this was like a sacrificial table or something, even though it doesn't have like blood stains or anything. Yeah. But it could be anything, really. It's just yeah, a big cross. There's ass a big cross Esteban there. cross. It's pretty <laughs> sick, honestly. Sure. Suddenly, we cut to the secretary who has gone home and immediately begun stripping. Well, first she tries to pry the jewel off again, and it doesn't work, and then she just takes her clothes off. And so she... In the, in the dark. Her, yeah. her home is so badly lit. Oh yeah, I... There are very few sets outside of that campus. I get the feeling this might have been a hastily covered up <laughs> office or something on the actual campus that just we just fun. tried to make look like in an apartment. Found a random person on the street and said, hey, can I film in your apartment? Yep. We're going to bring pigs in there. <laughs> okay, maybe not. <laughs> anyway, yeah, she, she showers and we're seeing full on everything but the front. It's, it's, an, 80s, it's an early 80s horror movie. You know, you got you to gotta get a little bit of boob in there. It's mandatory. You, can't, you cannot possibly sell this movie otherwise. I'm going to be honest, I was sold on this. Yeah, I was sold on this movie way without the boobs. Sure, you were, but you're not a 1981 studio executive. That's true. I'm not, and I probably have the functioning nasal passages to show for it. <sighs> Anyhow, she gets devoured by hogs in her shower. Yeah, she hears some noises, and she just opens the door, and there's just pigs. There, There is one really like really good gore shot of uh, oh excellent use of their budget on this kill just one shot right at the very end where it just rips like all the skin off of her stomach just so she's sort of like in the corner of the screen so you can't really see it too well but it's super gory oh i thought you were going to mention the the final shot before we cut away is one of the pigs ripping an intestine out um, it, well, that's, that's the one I mean. It's like, okay. it's, it, it, there's a lot of like flesh and stuff getting ripped off in that one particular bit. That's the yeah. only real gore. Otherwise it's just like, uh, like fake pig heads, just sort of like getting pushed against her while she's in the shower, which is it's yeah. a little pretty silly, but you know, whatever. We're already quite a ways into this movie. If we were not yeah, up we're, for silly, we're over an hour. if we weren't up for silly, we would not still be here. And so Esteban's <laughs> diary disappears from the house. Uh, meanwhile, Cooper Smith is dragging Sarge to the kill room. Also, this is like two days before the end of the movie. Nobody notices that she's missing. 
Nope. This just never comes up again. I just thought of that. Only one person will notice Sarge is missing, to put this into perspective. Oh, oh yeah, no, this, and now it's the really stupid scene. <laughs> yep. Alright, so, Stanley emerges from the chapel basement, and he's visibly in shock. This is basically the only time that I would say Howard is selling the he, acting. He emotes? He's just got a thousand-yard stare. Yep. And Kowalski's like, uh, where you been, man? We get, we got the we got the pageant. Come on, he yeah. he basically takes him by his hand to get him out. Yeah, it's the Miss Heavy Artillery pageant. What? Yeah. Who the fuck <laughs> are any of these people? <laughs> it's just like three girls in bikinis on the stage. Who? Yeah. <laughs> and the two who do not get crowned Miss Heavy Artillery go drinking with the bullies afterwards. They, they like go behind the bleachers to smoke weed or something. I, who are you? This is a this is clearly a boys only school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know why this bothers me so much. Oh no! From this point on, nothing has any coherence again <laughs> because they they burn a straw man of the opposing academy's mascot. The whole thing is building to. We're going to have another soccer game yeah. that Cooper Smith can't play. There's the second biggest game coming up. It's not even the big game. It's the game. It's the big game before the big game. Yeah. Like, they can't even commit that far. So Cooper Smith goes behind the bleachers and tries to talk to one of the two runner-up Miss Light Artillery and Miss APC. And, uh... Yeah, he's just, like, he's just flirting for some yeah. reason. Now, <laughs> and then the gang of assholes knock him down, steal his pants, and tell him he's a dead man if he shows up for tomorrow's game. Also, they're they, going to murder his dog, which they somehow know he has now. Yeah, yeah. The way the uh, it's what <laughs> the the way they establish that they know about uh, how how they do or do not know about this dog just bounces back and forth over the next few scenes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the, the bullies and the girls walk off. Cooper Smith is just face down on the ground without pants. And the colonel, who would presumably have seen these boys walk off, probably with his pants, yeah. just comes up and goes, Cooper Smith, you're off the team. <laughs> okay. You know, you're just doing him a favor, a favor at this point. And then... From the last scene, I guess, the bullies and girls head into the chapel and into the basement, because that's prime makeout territory. I, I guess. And they are visibly holding, I presume, so joints, but the cigarettes yeah. and six-packs. They, they got smokes and beers. Yep. And so... I can only describe what comes next as an escalating series of stupidity ending <laughs> in the ultimate dude's rock moment where Bubba stabs Fred the dog to death. Yes. They, they, try, they try to, Bubba tries to make out with one of the babes and um, I, I wrote this down because it was gross. Uh, she goes, what's up with the dry hump routine? It's not going to be dry for long. 
And then, then the dog immediately starts barking because that was a terrible line. Yes. <laughs> you got no game, says Fred, who has been alive for three days. <laughs> <laughs> when they find him, they do like him a lot better than oh, they yeah. do the bullies. Yeah, the girls are <laughs> passing Fred the dog back and forth. She's like, aww. <laughs> and it's like... But- and then they're like, what is that? Is that a dog barking? Weird. What's a dog doing here? And then later it's like, oh, this must this must be Cooper Smith, Cooper Dick's dog, which none of that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Everyone wanders into a room with eternally burning chalices, a terminal that is simply saying blood, 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 <laughs> Esteban blood, a dog in, <laughs> underneath a table. And thank God nobody looks behind the skeleton curtain, because that probably would have had some questions. I thought that was going to happen. Yeah. You'd think he would smell him. Anyway. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, it's time. He just decides, like, like, it's time to sacrifice the dog. Like, one of them is, one of them is just like, oh, I don't, I'm, I'm not into sacrilege. And then, like, two seconds later, they're all yelling, kill, 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 kill. And, uh, yeah. And it happens. The screen changes from blood to human blood. Yeah, did not clarify. So, we need, we need a little better than that, guys. It's the data. So, the next day, uh, this is, this is a bit jarring. Cooper Smith goes down to find Fred did not die instantly, and he left a trail before crawling over to Croak. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. I was kind of, like, wondering, why is there blood there? But, yep. I, I, I don't know. I just kind of assumed the bullies just, like, shoved the body in there. It was not clear. The scene just kind of ended as soon as they stabbed him. Oh, yeah, they don't show it even. So it's like, yeah, yeah it's off, it's off screen. Oh, it's yeah. just a knife going down off off the edge of the screen. Yeah. And uh, the computer starts chanting, I will return over and over and over. Yeah. And another another funny bit was uh, he, he picks up his whole he's cradling the dog and he just goes, we were a team, Fred. No, you weren't. You were also, not. Why? Why say that to the dog? The dog didn't choose to get stabbed. Fred, you betrayed me. Damn your mortality. I don't think it was like you betrayed. It was a, like he was treating I it as a betrayal. I know. I know. It's, just, it's such a weird lie. It's like, oh, no, Fred. It's got some gill Any- vibes. Anyway, it's time to end the movie. So all of the sports team goes to the chapel. <laughs> I. Right, so we're clearly. Yeah. Before the big game, because it's the morning as Cooper Smith wanders in at the break of day. But everyone has to go to chapel now. And Kowalski hears them talking about maybe he got the message. And this is where the coach is just like, hey, shut up about that. And the bullies tell Kowalski, yeah, no, we we totally murdered a dog last night. Woo, dudes rock. Yeah, just like in front of everybody. Yeah. So Kowalski starts running around campus going uh where the fuck's coop i would like to know where stanley is and this is the only time we name the chef jake because yeah the two of them are just like have you seen him uh no we have, have left the movie jake have you seen him <laughs> is something is something wrong 
I think so. And then they never appear again. Well, I guess we better get out of town. So, Hmm. Esteban's coffin suddenly bursts with light, and the letters in his name are on fire, and the diary reappears. And Cooper Smith has just, he's like, you know what? Sure, we're doing this. Yeah, why not? He wanders upstairs to the chapel, covered in dog blood, (laughs) and just grabs the whole communion. And Nazi professor sees him as just like, Cooper Smith? And he walks over and does a... He sees bloody handprints, and then he brushes his hand on it and rubs his fingers and is like, my God. But he doesn't stop him. He just starts following him slowly to the altar room. Yeah, I mean, I guess this kind of makes sense. You see, you see somebody covered with blood doing weird shit. Maybe don't just immediately confront him. I, I could see a human being doing that. So I'll, I'll, I'll give the movie this one. All right. <laughs> By the time he gets in there, Cooper Smith is just going wild. And he's doing the whole ritual. And he's like hucking the wafers around. And the screen reminds him, human blood, as the instructor berates him. So Cooper Smith grabs this guy hurls him into the air and impales him on a spiked pentagram chandelier. Yeah, this was what I meant earlier about, like, the curse stuff being really inconsistent. Because he he just hurls the guy, like, ten feet into the air. I I guess we're supposed to to assume that Satan's involved here, but... We don't really like like uh he could just have like glowing eyes or something that would be easy just draw like <laughs> get get a video toaster or something just draw on there yeah right after this we get the scene where his face turns into Esteban's and begins reciting but yeah boy that was a silly shot mm-hmm <laughs> and meanwhile upstairs oh, everyone the... has filed into the chapel the best scene. And the father is giving a straight up, you know, in the big game tonight, you're going to sometimes you're going to be trying to get one over on the referee, but nobody pulls one over on the head referee, the big man. Jesus, (laughs) he's doing the whole youth pastor bit. I I wrote a lot down from the scene. Um, Oh, please. Each time you go to the trough of sin with gluttony and lust like pigs. You're being coached by Satan. And if you care to check the standings, he's got a losing record. (laughs) Uh, So. uh, Yeah, okay, that's the only direct quote I wrote down, but it's amazing. Yeah, we're cutting back and forth between bits of that and everyone in the chapel is looking bored. And meanwhile, Stanley is turning into Esteban. The computer is exploding with hell stuff. Yeah, it's all sorts of new animations here. There's like uh, uh, planes of fire, uh, like Z planes of fire just going right at you and like occasionally like nude women in there for some reason. Uh, There's a 
set of what I presume is supposed to be like circuit diagrams that reform into a spinning pentagram. And then Esteban! Up in the chapel, we cut back one last time. And the crucifix nails in Jesus' hands begin wiggling. And blood is dripping down onto the Bible. And everyone's just like, what? Yeah, and he he's just walking back like, is this okay? And the nail flies into the priest's head, instantly slaying him. We're in it. It's time. So, <laughs> yeah, everyone, of course, immediately goes to flee because some unholy shit has happened. But the door is locked, and Stanley explodes from the floor, levitating, wielding a sword. <laughs> For the rest Wait. of the film, he is in midair. They did establish the sword earlier. One of the bullies was, like, picking it up and looking at it. Yeah. Uh, so it was down there. Oh, but yeah. it, it, no, it's, I just... Yeah. It's, it, it, it's, it's Cooper Smith's now. At this point, one of the students is just on fire. We see him running in circles. <laughs> yeah, he he's running towards the door, and he it catches on fire. Uh, he, I I think I think he doesn't actually die there. It, he gets e eaten by by by. Hey, remember the pigs? They're here. Yeah, the pigs emerge from the hole. Uh, the colonel tries lecturing him. And Stanley swoops over and smashes his skull with the blade. Yeah, there's, it's it's extremely chaotic here. But there's a lot of beheadings. There's a lot of smashing heads open. It's pigs, pigs, flames just going for it. Uh, Bubba is the one who lasts the longest. Like he gets pursued, and at one point he hides in the rectory. And a pig shinings through the door and starts <laughs> trying to eat his shirt. Yes. Yes, it is quite obvious what they were going for there. Oh, yeah. But yeah, he's, uh, it, it turns out that as well, as he's running, his shirt gets ripped wide open. And it turns out there's a reason for that. But yeah, that's a minute. Stanley's beheading it. and killing and hogging other people. <laughs> And Bubba has made his way down to the caverns below. He's gone down the stairs. And the kill room is now just a vast open area with Esteban's flaming cross coffin in the middle of it. And it's yeah, a it's, very good shot of hell. It's exploded and, like, cracked in half. Yeah. And this is when Sarge's wraith rises up, lifts him by the neck, and rips Bubba's heart out. Yeah. He just just pulls it right out. There it is. Still going. And, and as someone pointed out to me earlier, this was a few years before Raiders, so it's possible someone took that from Evil Speak. Yep. Well, th this guy, uh, that was Temple of Doom. I specifically remember that because th I thought that Sorry, was stupid. Temple of I looked I looked up which. <laughs> but looked, uh, that was 83. But the once he pulls out the heart, uh, Bubba does not continue screaming, does not get descended into hell. So. Yeah. Evil Speak did it better. Yeah. The final <laughs> shot of the movie 
is the massive cross in the center of the chapel toppling over into the hole, just giving us this inverted cross rising from flames. It's a really wild shot. Yep, everything's just exploding everywhere. And it's and over. Then and then it's over. Everything comes to a stop, and what clearly seems to be a... If it weren't for the last effect, I would say this was a... We ran out of budget and we had to try and get anything to get this past the censors ending happens. But text just appears over a still of the church as a quiet heartbeat sound goes. Suffering from shock and catatonic withdrawal attributed to his having witnessed the fiery death of his dear friends and teachers, Stanley Coopersmith, sole survivor of the tragic accident at West Andover Academy Chapel, was admitted to Sunnydale Asylum. He remains there still. It is the worst font I've ever seen, by the way. Yeah, it's... Okay, so the Evil Speak logo is a combination of two fonts, and neither are good. This is the computer one of those fonts. Okay. Yes, it is a very computery font, but it is yeah. so ugly and hard to read. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I, had to, uh, I had to type that twice just to make sure I had it spelled right. We Ugh. then see the PC flash on... And it reads off part of the Black Mass ritual from earlier. By the four beasts before the throne, by the fire which is about the throne, by the most holy and glorious name, Satan, I, Stanley Coopersmith, <laughs> will return. Why? And then we get a weird virtual boy version of his face on the screen, and that's when it goes to credits. Yep. Why, why will he return? To return from what? He's still alive. So... The director did say on the commentary okay. he had a plan for a sequel to this, Ugh. and it's never been like put together, but he won't give it to anyone, at least whenever they recorded that commentary for the DVD release of this. So the 2000s, he still thought it was going to happen. Well, hope springs eternal, I guess. Yep. I, I kind of hope it doesn't happen. No, I don't think it's going to in know. any like, way be as gonzo as this film was i i feel like it would be a uh a uh what, what was it called? hobgoblins 2 situation yeah so well it's best to just leave it there what a weird movie the thing that i love about this film is that there are so many places that you would expect someone in standards and practices <laughs> or at a studio, or an executive, or anyone would have said, can we tone this down? Can we make this a little more friendly? No yeah. one ever stopped any of this. Yeah, like, a lot of the gore shots, especially for the time that it released, you'd really think they would film it, and then uh, MPAA would go, nah, nah, and they would have to, uh, recut the movie and then you know on the on the dvd decades later here's the real unrated cut that didn't happen so, I don't, as far as i can tell uh clint howard did an interview with gilbert Gottfried on his podcast at one point and sure. uh, if you've never listened to that that show's pretty good for random hollywood stories because gilbert's a great interviewer uh he said there was a version submitted to the mpaa that was more over the top. This is what came back. Mm. And 
he also said that the film's producers made him pay for his own toupee. Okay. Which is just very funny to me. It's like, oh, okay. Insult to injury. All right. I guess that explains his hair. Yep. So yeah, it's and just, that was evil speak. It's just people being miserable, and then they die from like Satan-ish stuff. Mm-hmm. The end. No lessons learned. And you know, allegedly, this chapel burned down shortly after they finished filming. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is that is my favorite story that you brought up. Just like we don't think we did it. Yes, three <laughs> days after filming wrapped, he also claimed that uh, a priest who worked there uh, saw the scene and uh, immediately got on his knees and began praying when he came back during filming. It's like that, you said, this mm. place was abandoned. I don't I don't know that I buy this story. Yeah, that that's that sounds a bit. Uh fabricated yeah i think i liked it i it's hard to really like apply any thoughts towards this it's just like i I didn't hate any particular scene and then i just like i think back towards like the whole of it and it's just like what why did why why did we need the roller rink yeah it seemed like it was establishing like a thing where it's just like everybody's going to have fun except Cooper Smith, who's not allowed. But then he just goes anyway. Yeah. And how he knows they're all there is another. Just He just suddenly <laughs> goes from waking up from a nap to a roller rink. I, I think they mentioned it while he was coming in to get, get rub pig shit all over his bed. Maybe. It's also the only time in the film you see him in civilian clothes. Okay, yeah. He's just in this weird striped shirt. Pro- so what do you got for me next time? Okay, um, yeah, so... You know, sometimes... every Everybody's got different opinions on things. You know, opinions are like assholes. Everyone's mm-hmm. got one. Mm-hmm. Um... You know, sometimes you watch a movie or, you know, just any given piece of inter- entertainment. You re- you really like it, but, like, a lot of people just don't. Or you think, you know, I didn't like this very much, and a lot of people do. This happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, though, your experience watching a movie is just so diametrically opposed to what everybody else seems to think about it that you're you're left wondering like did you even watch the same movie and that is the experience that i had a few years ago when i finally decided to watch the babadook Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, which is currently sitting at 98 percent uh fresh on rotten tomatoes with 242 reviews so about 235 people said they liked it I, I, I'm, I'm ready to give it another shot, but okay. I was not impressed the first time. So we're going to, I figure we can go check that out. Right. I will what? be the, uh, the fresh voice here because I did not see the Babadook based on your disrecommendation at the time. I'm yeah. curious to see where this goes. Yeah. I, I, I may have poisoned the well here a little bit. Um, but 
yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It is, uh, it is a tale of a struggling single mother who uh, begins uh, to be haunted by some sort of strange storybook creature known as the Babadook. Um, it is streaming on AMC Plus and, you know, it's fr- rentable everywhere. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I guess that's what we're doing next time. All right. Then we'll be back shortly with the Babadook. Duck, duck, duck. Email is cheapscarescast at gmail. Um, Twitter is at cheapscares. It's just all all one word, no underscores or anything. And uh, we have a YouTube channel. Just search for that if you want to drop a comment on an episode. And yeah, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Yeah,